0: i she...
1: You call. The world, but it couldn't feel me as empty praise
0: and treasures. Stand with us as we worship
2: God in His house tonight. All right.
0: forgiven, accepted, and redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the
1: beggars, now we're royalty. And we were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, and redeemed by His grace. Praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be crying. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I got to show.
2: a seat. Guys, we just take a little time worshiping God for His glory. What that means, just that He is perfect and amazing in absolutely every way. He is the only one worthy of all glory and honor, and so that means He is the only one that's worthy for us to go to Him in worship and in prayer. And so I want to take a little time to to do that for us here this morning, take some time for us to focus together and pray, and uh, and I want to focus our prayer time uh, this morning specifically on something. This week was uh, Veterans Day, and uh, for us as a community, that uh, typically is uh, hits a little different for us. We have a higher than average. Uh, veteran community here, obviously, because of where we live, and so I want to take a second here this morning and focus our prayer time there specifically on veterans. Um, and I know there are many, many, many in this room that uh, have served, and just so we just want to, as a church, say thank you for your service. We we appreciate you. We love you. We praise God for you. Thank you so much. And 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 we well, yes, absolutely. Let them let them know that. And, and and we just feel like the best way to show our appreciation for you isn't just to say it, but to kind of carve out some time specifically just to pray for you, if that's okay. Um, because there is, um, obviously, it's a, it's a unique life, it's a unique calling, it's a unique occupation, um, and there are some different challenges that come with that than, than any other occupational choice that you might have um it's uh, i always ask people when i meet anyone um that's uh currently serving especially i always ask so why'd you join uh just just interested to hear people's stories and normally it breaks down into three broad categories um uh one sometimes people join because it's just kind of the family business it's what you do right my dad served my uncle served my mom served it's just kind of it's kind of what you did you just grew up and it's what you did um Some joined because uh, you looked around and realized you had no other prospects, and it was this or jail. So you chose the army, and then uh, occasionally you go, gosh, if I went to jail, I'd be out by now, so I don't really know. My favorite category, and I get this more often than uh, you'd imagine, I ask, so why'd you join? And they look at me and they go, I have literally no idea. I just, it's like I woke up in a recruiter's office, and I have no idea how that happened. But however you landed there, um, again, we do praise God for you. And and we want to take just a second and pray for you. I, I, I want to read a scripture to guide our prayers, okay? This may be a little different scripture than you'd expect on a veteran's focus, but I think it fits really perfectly. So just listen to this. It's Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8, all right? It says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. So when he speaks of chariots and horses, he's speaking of military power. And I think it's interesting who's riding this is David. If you're familiar with David, he was the ultimate warrior king. He is praised for his ability to kill tens of thousands of men by himself. Right. So he is the ultimate of warriors. He conquered he led armies valiantly but he also pins psalm 20 when he says some people are going to trust in their military power but we are going to trust in the name of the Lord our God they who trust in their military power ultimately that's going to fall at some point eventually someone comes along stronger eventually you age out eventually it stops They're going to rise, they're going to fall, but we who trust in the name of the Lord our God, we're going to rise. And I want to take just a second, and I want to focus some prayer time, asking the Lord that he would empower those who currently are serving or have served, that your hope, your ultimate hope, will be in the name of the Lord your God. One of the interesting ministry opportunities that we have here in our community is people join the army. Uh, Again, for whatever reason, maybe since you were 12, that's all you could ever think of, or you have no idea why you're in or whatever. But what happens very often is your identity gets wrapped up in that. So when you either retire or get injured or have to leave, for whatever reason you transition out, sometimes there can be real difficulty in all I've ever known is that, and I don't know who I am now. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This is why the alcohol abuse rates the the other uh, prescription pill addiction rate the divorce rate post separation from the army is through the roof i think a lot of that has to do with dealing with the residual effects of things that you walk through and experience and and not having a sure foundation of who you really are in christ so i want to take just a minute and i want us to pray in this area okay because I think this is ultimately where we can show our greatest appreciation by praying you and ministering to you through finding your identity in Christ and then being empowered by him to serve for his glory. So if I ask you just to bow your heads just for a moment, I want to pray. Um, If you have served, we want to pray for you. If you're around someone who you know has served, I want to encourage you to pray specifically for them. If you're a spouse of someone who is currently serving or has served. You know the unique opportunities and times that come with that. So we want to pray for you as well, for families. Lord God, I I pray, God, for those veterans here in this room. I pray, God, one... That they would find their true identity just in you, Jesus. Their true identity is just in you. Their identity is not in a rank. Their identity is not in a uniform. Their ultimate greatest identity is just in you. For those here in the room who have served and they don't know you as Lord, I pray, God, that they will come to know you as Savior and Lord, and you will give them that brand new identity. And those in here that do know you, I pray, God, that you would empower them to see their ultimate foundation is just in who you have called them to be, who you have created them to be. I pray, God, that you would protect those here in this room who have served, God. Protect them from the schemes of the enemy. And we know there are many that attack this group, many schemes of the enemy that come after this group. The suicide rate is so high. The addiction rate is so high. The divorce rate can be so high. And I believe these are just schemes, attacks of the enemy to come after men and women who have much value in God and much value for the kingdom of God. I believe this is an all-out attack on purpose to, to, to intentionally take out a vital part of the kingdom of God. So I pray, God, for those just here in this room, protect them from those schemes protect them from those attacks. God, we pray specifically if there's anyone in this room who might be wrestling with the idea of suicide, we pray God today you would protect them from that. You would bring truth to where that lie exists. I pray God for those in the room that may be battling with addictions. I know many come as a result of pain and injury, emotional, physical, so many things that, that, that can bring this on. And so, God, I pray that you would bring healing to that initial wound, God. You'll bring healing there so that you can bring deliverance from whatever addiction may have snuck its way in as a result. I pray, God, for the marriages. I pray, God, that you would bring protection to those marriages. I pray, God, that you'll bring healing where there may be woundedness in those marriages pray, God, that for both our active duty and our veterans, I ask you, God, that by your grace they would find purpose, God, in your greater mission. You have called them to an even greater mission. And I pray, God, that you would empower them to see that and to walk by faith in that. I pray God for us as a church that you would allow us to see it as an honor and a privilege be able to minister in a community like this I pray God that we would see it as a great great gift from you God and that we would serve and minister well to these families thank you Lord bless our veterans bless their families and I pray God that you will be glorified in their lives thank you Jesus we love you we pray this in your name Amen. Amen. All right. If you've got a Bible, let's find Galatians chapter 5 together, all right? Galatians chapter 5. So we're going to start in verse 1, and I want to go ahead and just jump right into verse 1 because this is where the rubber meets the road for us, for everything else, all right? So find it. Galatians 5, verse 1. Here's what it says. For freedom Christ has set us free... Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery for freedom Christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery freedom in Christ is a massive theme of the bible all right so john 8:32 you will know the truth and the truth will set you free john 8:36 if the son sets you free you will be free in Deed. Romans 6.18. Having been set free from sin, you have now become slaves of righteousness. Romans 8.2, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Second Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 1 Peter 2.16. Live as people who are free. And that's just the first five or six I could come up with. It is a massive, mega theme of the gospel. Your freedom in Christ. So the quick question I have for you today is, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free from sin? Do you want to be free from fear? Do you want to be free from condemnation? Do you want to be free from addiction? Do you want to be free from the cycle? Do you want to be free? If so, I have good news for you today. The gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Galatians 5 1, sets you free. And, and look again at the verse, how are you free? Who sets you free? Jesus. For freedom, Christ, circle that, has set you free. Jesus is the one that does this. You can't make yourself free. You can't free yourself. You can't do anything to, 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 to break off whatever bonds are there. Jesus is the only one who sets you free. So Jesus sets you free. And then according to Galatians 5.1, Jesus is also the one who keeps you free. So look at this again. For freedom Christ has set us free. Circle this. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. When he has to tell you to stand firm in it, this means that it takes effort To stay in a place of freedom. So track with me. Listen, here's what this is meaning. Jesus sets you free and Jesus keeps you free. And there are people in this room right now that fall into categories where you need both of that. There's some here in this room, you need Jesus Christ to set you free by faith in him. You're not a Christian, you're in bonds, you're in slavery to the enemy and to this world. You think you're living life the way that you just want to live it, but that's not true. We're asking the Holy Spirit today to show you that it's actually slavery. Some of you need to be set free. Others of you, you are Christians. God's calling on you today is you need to stay free. There are people in this room... You've been set free by Jesus, but you're not living free in Jesus. Do you see the difference? You've been set free. You've been set free, but you're not living free. Now, why Galatians 5.1 is so important. Not only does it say Jesus sets you free, but he makes a point of saying, now since you've been set free, stand firm in the freedom. Don't slip back in to slavery, stand firm in the freedom. This is why the gospel means everything. This is why Galatians is so important. It's a book to Christians saying, stand firm in the gospel, stand firm in the gospel, stand firm in the gospel. Don't slip away from this. So let's, once again, set an understanding of what we mean by The Gospel. We've been saying this every week all through the book of Galatians, so we're going to do it again today. When we say the Gospel, what do we mean? The Gospel, let's all say this together, the Gospel is right standing with God that was bought by Jesus on the cross and it is enjoyed only by faith in His work. Anything added to the Gospel ruins it and you miss Jesus. So, There are two main types of slavery that I see happening within this room right here, right now. And Galatians 5 is going to address both of those. Two main types of slavery. Some in this room, you're a slave to religion. Some in this room, you're a slave to rebellion. A slave to religion means in some way you think what you do makes God like you more. If I do this, if I live this way, if I accomplish these things, then you're somehow getting acceptance and favor with God. You feel that most, not, not, not so much does it happen where, okay, you think consciously, if I do this thing, God's going to love me. It, you experience it more. Here's kind of a diagnostic test. You know this may be an issue for you. You experience it more in the negative reverse. When you don't do the thing, you feel as if God is mad with you. That makes sense? When you don't do the thing, You're gripped with condemnation. That's a great way of realizing that you also believe, well, if I did it, that must mean that God loves me. That must mean that God accepts me. That must mean God's going to be nice to me now. Some of you are a slave to religion. You see how that's a slavery? Others of you, you're a slave to rebellion. This happens a lot in churches, and it is happening in this room right now. You prayed to ask Jesus in your heart when you were 10. You got baptized. And you have zero evidence in your life to show that you've actually been changed by Jesus. But you still think you're going to heaven because, after all, you said a prayer. But there's nothing in your life that's changed. You are a slave to your rebellion. And you still think you're okay. So what we're going to see in Galatians 5 is, is kind of a pushback on both of those, okay? It's a pushback on both of those of God saying, ah, ah. ah. I came to set you free in Christ from religion, and I came to set you free in Christ from rebellion. So stand firm in that freedom. All right? So let's tackle religion first. The gospel sets you free from religion. So let's quickly define religion, what I mean by that. James, the brother of Jesus, would say that pure and undefiled religion is, in essence, living a life that honors God and blesses others, right? Taking care of orphans and widows, watching your tongue, right? You live in a life that glorifies and honors God and blesses others. That's pure and undefiled religion. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about pure and undefiled religion. We're talking about impure and very defiled religion. A, an, an idea, a mindset that thinks what you do curries favor with God. Living a certain way... Doing certain things, not doing other things, in some way gets you closer to him. Not just faith in Christ, but what you do. Your focus and attention is on you and your actions, not Christ and his perfect work already done for you. Does that make sense? And what I want you to see is that Jesus Christ came to set you free from that and to keep you free from that. All right, so let's pick it up in verse too, the gospel sets us free from religion. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. So all throughout Galatians, we're talking about circumcision. So, so this comes from Old Testament covenant. The idea is that if a man submits to the act of circumcision, that's his way of sort of outwardly showing that he is doing all the right things. And so these things, Religious people came into these churches in Galatia saying, okay, if you really want to love Jesus and you really want to follow Jesus and you really want to be a Christian, you have to obey these Old Testament laws and show that you obey by being circumcised. And what he says there in verse 2 is if you accept circumcision, if you believe that doing this, act, doing this outward act is what makes you right with God, if you accept circumcision, that Christ will be of no advantage to you. What he's saying is this. You have two options or only two roads. Either your hope is in you and what you can do, or your hope is in what Christ and what he has done. Satan wants to think that you can mix the two. Faith in Jesus and make sure you're a good boy. Believe in Jesus and make sure you don't do those bad things anymore. Believe in Jesus and have this particular systematic theology. Believe in Jesus and read this translation. Right? Satan wants to think that you can mix the two. You can't. What he's saying there in Galatians 5.2 is pick a lane. Either it's all you or it's all Jesus, but you can't do both. It is either all Christ and only him or it's all on you. And if it's all on you... Verse 3, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. If it's on you, then it is all on you for the whole deal. You have to be perfect. You have to obey every single rule God has ever laid down. And if you parse out the Old Testament, that comes to 613. You broke the speed limit driving here. You're already cooked. 613. The point he's trying to make is you can't do that. And then he makes that point a little more explicit. So it's interesting, Galatians 5, what he does in Galatians 5 is the Apostle Paul uses some very PG-13 illustrations in Galatians 5. So I'm going to try to explain them and not embarrass you all at the same time. And we'll see how good I do. Verse 4. Or I could just try to embarrass you because that's more fun. Verse 4. You who are severed from Christ, you uh, who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. So he's using the illustration of circumcision. And he's saying just like you would cut off a piece of skin and that falls away because you think that makes you right with God, you doing that is actually you being cut off from Christ and falling away from him. It's a word picture of, so as you sit down to do that, this is actually you falling away from Jesus. Now, he's not meaning here that you can lose your salvation, but what he's saying is this. You're placing your faith in something that isn't salvation in Christ, so you weren't saved in the first place. The issue with legalists is not that they're more godly. The issue with legalists is there's a good chance most of them aren't even saved. Because you're trusting in something other than Jesus. Well, if I cut this away, then that's going to make me right with God. And God is saying, no, you cutting that away is actually just a picture of you being cut away from me. Because it's not about what you do. It's not about you being a good boy and you being a good girl, you cutting this out of your life, and you cutting that out of your life. If your hope for you and God is the fact that you're going to come to this altar at the end of this service, and you're going to fall on your face, and you're going to pray to rededicate your life to the Lord, which means that you're going to stop doing this, you're going to stop doing that, you're going to cut this out, you're going to cut that out. If your faith is in you doing that thing, and now God's not mad at you anymore because you did that thing, what Paul is saying is, you're just doing a word picture of you being cut away from him it's not about you so if you find yourself in this spot what do you do how do we walk free from religion look at verses five and six for through the spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love so here's how it's going to get funky you ready if you're here today and you start to kind of think you know what i think i have struggled with religion right again maybe that negative turn revealed that to you and start to think about you know i feel condemned and i feel far from god when i when i don't do the right things and it's not like a a holy conviction that draws me to the lord it's it's this fear that i need to get better i need to get better i need to get better and you realize that's religion and i'm, I'm a slave to that so so you realize okay I, I that's i see that that's not good so what do i do here's what's going to well up and you You ready many of us you struggle with religion and you realize that. And so what you're going to do is just go, okay, I realize I struggle with religion. Tell me what I need to do to not do that anymore. So tell me the thing then. All right? So believing to do these things may be right with God is wrong. So tell me what to do so I don't do that thing. And, and you're just adding more do. So what does 5 and 6 say? For through the Spirit by faith. We ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So here's how it works. You ready? You want to get set free from legalistic, enslavement religion. Trust by faith that God loves you, even when you're jacking it up. Trust by faith. How does this work? Faith working through love. The best thing that can happen to a legalist is to sin and realize God still loves you. Best thing that can happen for you, because you're going to sin. And when that happens, asking the Lord by faith to show you that his love for you never changes. It doesn't alter. It doesn't slow down. He doesn't throttle it down. He's not looking at you, waiting for you to get your life together. He just loves you. It's not circumcision or uncircumcision. Paul's like, look, do it or don't do it. I don't care. Be circumcised if you want. I would not recommend it. But you can. But doing it or not doing it isn't the point. Do you follow Christ Christ? Because by faith you believe that God's love for you can never be broken, even by you. God can't love you less because of what you do, and God can't love you more because of what you do. You have to believe by faith today that it's just, total, and complete by the grace of God, completely and totally separate from you. You've done nothing to earn it. You're not the one holding God up. Therefore, you can't be the one to let him down. You haven't done anything to make yourself accepted by God. So you can't do anything to make yourself unacceptable by God. It's just faith working through love. So if you find yourself in the bonds of legalistic religion today you find yourself wrapped up in condemning thoughts and and angry thoughts and what does god think of me and if these people really knew and i'm going to try harder next time and i'm going to cut this out of my life yet that's where you find yourself and it's easy to find ourselves there it's so easy if you find yourself there, don't feel condemned about the fact that you find yourself there. It is so easy. It is a natural inclination of the heart to go there. Which is why we must stand firm in our freedom, Galatians 5.1. This is why he says emphatically in Galatians 5.1, stand firm and don't slip back in to the slavery because it's so easy to do. Don't fall back in. Instead, stand firm in the unshakable grace, mercy, love, acceptance of God. It is not about what I do. It's just about what Christ has done, and he has made me his. And then, to finish this little section, Paul has some very interesting words for these people who are trying to lead others towards legalistic religion you see that in verse seven you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion is not from him who calls you so he's saying look believing in this legalistic religion is not from god this is not from jesus that someone else has brought this into you verse nine a little leaven leavens the whole lump if you give in just a little bit to this it will destroy your soul that's why we're told in Galatians 5, 1, stand. Firm, Don't give an inch. Ten, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. So they were trying to do some... A weird goofy thing well Paul really believes this but he doesn't want to say it because he thinks it makes him look bad for these people but he really thinks that and so he's like what well, if I thought that why would I not say it so that you guys wouldn't be mad at me he's standing firm in the gospel because we're all called to stand firm and then verse 12 I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves so remember I said the whole pg-13 thing so here we go again literally what he says is this shoot Cutting off a little bit makes you holy. Cut off the whole thing. Go go big or go home, right? I mean, if a little bit makes you right with God, shoot, man. Do it. How serious are you? I wish that those who trouble you would emasculate themselves. Yep, that is exactly what he just said. So, if anyone ever says that I take a joke too far, I'm just going to take you back to Galatians 5.12. like, hey, listen, I didn't tell you to do that. Right? I mean, I mean... Uh. And the point he's trying to make is, legalism is stupid. Right? There's, 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 there's no principle there's no understanding of okay now you've done enough now you're set there's always more there's always someone else who does more always someone else who has a greater outward expression of holiness there's always someone else who doesn't do a thing that you do who, who believes something that you don't believe there's always someone else thinking they can top you and paul's just calling them on it like well hey then just go for it just do it then and what he's trying to help us understand is this mindset It's ridiculous. It accomplishes nothing good. fixes nothing. It just results in people arguing and debating and puffing themselves up about how much they were able to cut out of their lives. And it glorifies no one or nothing but you, which is a great indicator that it's not from God. So religion, this legalism, is slavery. It's slavery that holds you in and keeps you bound. And Jesus Christ came to set you free from that. But then there's the other one. Not only does the gospel set you free from religion, the gospel sets us free from rebellion. So you see that in verses 13 through 15. So pick it up in verse 13. "...for you were called to freedom." So again, he keeps pushing back in on this. "...you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another." All right. So stop just for a second. So now he's coming at a different angle of, of, of distorting the gospel slavery, this idea of rebellion. So he says, "...do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh." That word opportunity, it's a, it's a military term in the Greek. means like a, 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 a military post, right? Set up, kind of a base of operations where you're there and you move out from there to accomplish the mission. So what he's saying is some people professing to be Christians say, Well, I'm free in Christ. I know God has loved me. I know Jesus forgives me. I know there's nothing I can do where God's not going to forgive me. So you use that as a base of operations to go live a worldly life. And when everyone points it out to you, you go... Only God judges me. I'm forgiven. I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that, but I know God forgives me. This idea is totally anti-gospel. This notion that you can be a Christian and still live an ungodly life is completely and totally non-Christian. So he goes on in verse 14 says, for the law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he's quoting Leviticus 19, 18. And, and if you've read through the Bible, you may be familiar with that little line. Jesus quotes it as well, saying it's the second great commandment. And the idea is this. Here's what's happening. Paul is trying to show you that believing by faith in Christ demands that something about your life changes. You can't. Say that you're a Christian, but not care about those around you and not care about honoring God and not care about obeying what he would call you to do. Obeying God does not make you a Christian, but being a Christian creates in you a desire to obey God. Is that making sense? This is extremely important. Listen, so I've been a pastor for about 20 years at this point. And in 20 years of ministry, I've never had anyone walk into my office, sit down, and I say, all right, so uh, what can I do for you? They I reach across the table and shake my hand and say, just want to introduce myself to you. I'm God. I'm sorry, you say Bob? No, no, no. God, sovereign creator and ruler of the universe. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, you hang out right here. I'm going to make a quick phone call. Some wonderful, nice people are going to come pick you up and help you out. No one has ever done that. I've never had anyone attempt to introduce themselves to me as God. However, in the last couple of decades, I can't count the number of people who have sat across the table from me living as if they're their own God. Now, you would never vocalize that, of course. That's, that's crazy. You would call yourself a Christian. You'd say that you're seeking to do what God wants you to do. But you're living as if you are your own God. You make your own choices. You make your own decisions. And I try to engage with this and say things like, Okay, well, tell me about your life in Christ. Well, I, uh, when I was nine... I uh, prayed to ask Jesus into my heart at Vacation Bible School, got baptized, uh, grew up in church. Uh, You know, when I was a teenager, college, you know, 20s, I did some stupid things, but I mean, who didn't, right? Um, Then got married, had a couple kids, and now we attend Southview. Okay, but, but tell me about your life in Christ. I just did. If that's something that sounds familiar to your story, my suggestion for you is, you're a slave to rebellion. You think the fact that you muttered a prayer three decades ago gives you fire insurance and now you've lived the rest of your life as your own God. You've done what you wanted to do. You lived how you wanted to live. You made the decisions you want to make. Now listen, when... When the stuff hits the fan and you need help, you're quick to run to the Lord. Asking for help, asking for prayer, seeking counsel from Christians and pastors. But, but by and large, your, your life is lived as you are the God of your universe. You were doing what verse 13 says can't be done. You are using your quote-unquote freedom in Christ to be a base of operations for you to then run off and live how you want to live. And if someone calls you on it, you're like, no, no, I'm a Christian. I pray all the time. I go to church. I do that. But, but you calling yourself a Christian is just an opportunity for you to, to run out and live your own life. And verse 15 explains what happens as a result. But if you'd bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. It's this idea of a pack of wild animals. When you're just, when you are, you think you're being set free to live how you think you should live, but really it's just enslavement. We try to figure out every way in the world to make this okay. Can't count the number of people who have sat down with me and said, No, no, I prayed and God told me it's okay to date this person who doesn't know and love Jesus. I really believe God told me that's okay. I I, I prayed and I believe God said it's okay to pursue this divorce. I, I really believe that's okay for me. And my concern in those situations is that we set it up in such a way to where if anyone pushes in, you're able to defend that. What what have you done? You have set up a base of operations. You've put up a perimeter. You've set up your defenses. Everything's in place. If anyone tries to attack that, you go, no, 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 no. I'm a Christian. No, no, no. I've prayed about this. No, it's perfectly fine. And if anyone tries to come at that, you're able to defend it and push it back. And now it's a base of operations for you to shoot off from there and do whatever you want to do. And my concern for you is two things. Concern number one, it's entirely possible you're not actually a Christian. It's entirely possible you're not saved. I know that you believe in Jesus, but James, the little brother of Jesus, would say that even the demons do that. A saving faith is supposed to also be a transforming faith. Being saved by Jesus means that you are now changed by Jesus. And if you have been a quote-unquote Christian for any significant length of time, and you cannot talk about how Christ has transformed you, we probably need to have coffee this week. We probably need to sit and chat about that. Because I would have some questions. But then there are others of you that... You are a follower of Christ. In, in fact, as you read this in verse 13, he's talking to Christians. right? He, he, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Right? He's talking to fellow Christians. And he encourages his fellow Christians to don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. There are followers of Jesus Christ in this room. You're walking in sin. You're walking in sin. And you have bought some from hell version of grace. Which means it's perfectly okay because I'm forgiven. No, it's not. Jesus was broken and bloodied and tortured and killed so that you can be set free from that. Not so that you can do it and not feel bad about it. You see the difference? He died to set you free from it. Not to appease your conscience while you do it. Jesus came to set you free from the slavery of rebellion. So stand firm in that freedom. Stand firm in that freedom. Because Jesus Christ has shed his blood. You now get to be free. Live free. I'm going to ask our band to come up. While they're doing that, I, so I've, I've shared this illustration with you before. But I think it's a good one, so I want to give it to you one more time. So just listen. Um, so I, I got a buddy of mine who pastors and plants churches in India. And so he was in the States speaking, and I had him come to my previous church and spoke. And, <clears throat> and so as we were eating lunch afterwards... We're just talking about the church, right? And, and talking about this kind of thing, about the gospel and how it changes people's lives and how it should change people's lives and all those sorts of things. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Brad, do you know how we catch monkeys in India? I said, you know, I was thinking about that just the other day. No, I have no idea how you catch monkeys in India. He said, we have a jar, and we put a banana inside the jar. And the opening for the jar is big enough for the monkey to put his hand inside, but it's not big enough for him to be able to get the banana out. So what happens is the monkey comes in, smells the banana, reaches in the jar to get the banana, and starts to pull it out. And he can't. It's struggling so much to get the banana out. It's so focused on this that it doesn't even realize the trapper just comes up behind him, Slips a bag over his head, and boom, he's done. And the whole time, all he had to do was let go of the banana. And he was free. But because he's so fixated on getting this thing, he doesn't even realize he is seconds away from being trapped. For many of us, whether it's religion or rebellion, here's what's happening. You are focused on the thing. right? If it's religion, you're focused on your good works, your good works, your good works, your good works. You're desperately trying to get that and to make that work. You don't realize that the enemy has just distracted you and is coming up behind you to bring you into even greater slavery. Or maybe it's rebellion and you're focused on what I want to do with my life, what I want to do with my life, what I want to do with my life. And you don't realize that you're just being distracted by the enemy who's coming up behind you to enslave you. So the invitation this morning is very simple. Let go of the banana. Let go of your own good works. Trust by faith in Jesus Christ that God loves you. Even when you're bad, and you don't have to now work out a way to be good so that you get back into his good graces, he just loves you. And let go of the idea that because you're a Christian, that means that you're free to live however you want because God forgives me and I'm a Christian and I know that I'm going to be all right and I know I'm going to heaven, so what? Jesus died to set you free free from that sin, not make it easier for you to walk in it. Let go. Let go. Galatians 5.1 For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me. So one, are you here today and you need to be truly set free? You're not a follower of Christ. You're not a Christian. You need Jesus to set you free. Right now, this morning, do that. Say, Jesus Christ set me free. He died He was buried. He rose again so that you can experience freedom. Right now this morning, call out to him. Say, Jesus Christ, I confess my sin. I am letting go of this world. I don't want it. I want you. Forgive me and make me new. That's your prayer today your desire. I want to encourage you. As we're done, we're going to be singing here in a few moments. You can come up and talk to me. Or afterwards, you can come find me. Or you can talk with whoever brought you. Whatever the case might be. We'll give you a number in just a few minutes. You can text in if you'd like to set up an appointment. You can do that. We can get together and talk. But I encourage you today. Trust Jesus Christ to set you free. And for others... You've been set free in Christ. My question for you is Are you living as someone standing firm in that freedom? Or are there pieces of legalistic religion that you're holding on to? Is there rebellion and sin that you're nursing in your life, allowing to stick around? Reject that, let it go. Stand firm in the freedom that Jesus Christ gave you. So this morning as we sing this altar is open. You can come forward if you'd like to pray. If you'd like to have someone pray with you, I'd be here. We have others that can pray with you. If you want to just come by yourself, you can do that. If you want to pray right where you are, that's fine as well. But we encourage you this morning, ask God to empower you to let these things fall away. Fall away you can just trust by faith in Jesus and live in the freedom that he has given you. Jesus, I pray that you would do this in us. Empower us, Lord, to live in the freedom that only you give. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Stand, guys. Let's let's worship the Lord together.
0: So move Cause all
2: For me, if you will, just for a quick second. And as we I just want to take a second to encourage you with a couple of things we have going on here at Southview, but but boy, just to settle in on that, that it is God and God alone who takes these things and 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 cuts them off and causes them to fall away. We trust by faith in Him. And I want to encourage you this morning to do that. Trust by faith in Christ. He empowers you to walk in all the fullness that he has for you. If you're a guest with us today, wow, we're so glad that you're here. We want you to experience all the freedom and fullness that Jesus Christ has for you. If you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you, uh, just so we can talk to you and see how you're doing and how we can minister to you. If you are a guest, if you can just pull out your cell phone and text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. Just text CONNECT there. We'll send you a link, tap on that, uh, just so we can be um, uh, plugged in with you. And then also, even if you're not a guest, but you would love to talk about what we've gone through today, what we've seen. You'd love to sit down with myself or another pastor and talk through this. You can use that same word, connect to that number. That's going to send you a link, tap on that, say you want to talk to a pastor, and we'll get up with you this week, okay? We want to help you, we want to walk with you through this. But for all of uh, our, our folk here Couple of quick things we want you to know about what's going on. One, after the 11 o'clock service today, we've got our family meeting. We're going to serve you lunch and then we're going to uh, vote on budget and uh, leaders for next year as well as a few other expenditures and let you know some of the things we've got planned for 2022. So don't forget that after the 11 o'clock service today. Uh, as you walk down, uh, just go down either hallway by the FLC and you're going to have double lines going down. So just go down either hallway. We'll get you into the food. Just follow the smell of chicken. Also, We are coming up on Christmas season, so that means a couple of things. One, if you'd like to order a poinsettia, um, we've got some order forms on the sides and also at the back. You can take that, fill that in, drop it in the giving buckets uh, as you leave, uh, and we'll get you set up for that, as well as we're going to have a Christmas decorating party uh, here at our church, December 3rd at 6.30. Food will be provided. Text the word PARTY to sign up for that, uh, so you'll be ready to come and hang out and Decorate a tree and get some food, and it'll be a fun time. December third, don't forget that. But for all other announcements, download our church app. That'll get you set up with everything. You can find journey groups and other announcements, and sign up for things. You can give online through the app or give at the giving boxes as you leave. Whatever works best for you. But we're so glad that you're here, and I'm so excited for our family meeting after the eleven o'clock service. Stick around for that. God is just doing a great things. Listen here, at Southview Baptist Church. Listen, our desire for you is that you would honor God as glorious and mighty, revere him as the greatest, most glorious, beautiful being in the world, and then treasure Jesus Christ as the greatest treasure on earth. So we encourage you today to leave this place and spend the rest of this week worshiping Jesus with all of your heart nurturing that relationship in yourself and in others and in being a witness to this lost and dying world that Jesus Christ is the only answer for every question they're asking. God is doing a great thing and I'm so glad to be a part of it with you guys. I'm going to pray for us and let us go. Lord we just thank you. We thank you God that you're not only set us free but you're empowering us to continue to live free. I ask you Jesus that you would by your grace Continue to draw people to true freedom in you and empower us to live out that freedom. Thank you, Lord. I pray, God, for our meeting later today that you'll be glorified and honored in that. I go ahead and pray for that food. Bless that. It's going to be amazing. So, Lord, we thank you for that and for everybody that's worked so hard to prepare it. Um, God, just be glorified in our lives. We love you with all that we have. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. I love you so much. Have a great week.